welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. It says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, Behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said unto her, weep not. Verse 14 says, and he came and stood, he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Verse 15 says, And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. The scripture passage that we just read, it it gives us a story that was already complete. But when Jesus stepped on the scene, I want to talk to you today for the next few minutes on this simple topic. The script is about to flip. I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the things that you've been going through, God is getting ready to flip the script. Come on, clap your hands in this house if you believe it. Come on, clap your hands in this house if you believe it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, I said at the first service this morning that, that preachers like to know that you're getting the word, like the message is going for it. So if, if something is being said and, and, and it resonates in your spirit and you say, that's, that's good, that's what I believe too, you just say, amen. So, so, so if I say God is a good God, you say. Amen. Amen. That lets me know that you're getting it. And and listen, I have you out of here before the last restaurant closes. Boy, I heard heard too many amens just then. Amen. But Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Anytime an author is getting ready to write a story, he always has to have a beginning with the end in mind. And so some authors, there are write books that have more endings to it, have one ending to it, while others write um, with more challenging endings. You know how uh, sometimes you you think you have a, a, um, a story figured out and everything is different by the time you get to the end? The person you thought would have been good turned out to be bad and the bad person turned out to be the good one and you know it just messed it you know the person that was bad throughout the story suddenly turns out to be the good one and ends up saving the day y'all know what i'm talking about right amen amen 
And so sometimes there's many flips and twists in the story that sometimes we get mad at the author when our favorite character turned out to be no good. I know I'm in the vein now. I know I'm in the vein. But whether you agree with that author has written or not, nobody can argue that the author knows more about the book than the reader. The author knows more about the book than the character. So if you don't pay attention and understand that the author or the writer has complete control of the story or keep up with every clue and every twist and every turn, you'll miss out on when the author does his greatest work. What you've got to understand about our text is that Jesus is going about his business when he runs into somebody else's business. Listen, I, this is not in my notes, but let me throw it in there. Listen, if you got your business all figured, well, from where we come, where I'm from, we say business. If you got all your business all figured out and you got your life all perfect, then I don't know why you're here. You don't need God. But Jesus ran into, I'm telling you, anytime, anytime God ran, got all up in my business, listen, some things had to shake. <laughs> some things had to move. But Jesus, he, he runs. He had just run into a centurion the day before whose servant was sick at home. And we know that the centurion was a mighty man. And, and he understood that if I told, if I tell to this one to come, he's going to have to come. If I tell that one to go, he's going to have to go. And, and so the centurion knows he begins to have a dialogue with Jesus about being an authority and knowing the order of authority. In so many words, he told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house because I know what kind of power you possess. You don't, you don't even have to step foot because, listen, let me help you understand something really quick. God is, not, God is not limited to the Pentecostal box that we put him in. I'm sorry if that made some of y'all mad, but I don't apologize for the word. Because, listen, let me help you understand something. The God that we serve is not a Pentecostal God. The God that we serve is not an apostolic God. The God that we serve is not a Baptist God. God said, I am God, and I am God all by myself. God said, I don't need nobody else. But when we start putting God in a box, guess what happens? We begin to limit the authority and the power that God has. I don't know about you, but when I read the scriptures and the scriptures said that with the day that he rose, he rose with all authority and all power was within his hands. The Bible tells us that Jesus marveled at the faith of the centurion. He marveled because there was more faith in the world than there was in the church. But in our text, we come to understand that there was three points about this funeral. Number one, the script was already, it was already written. His, this, this mother, she's weeping and she's crying because the only son that she had has died. And the weeping mother was there with the city people that were mourning. And she is in a place right now where she, does, she doesn't understand anything. Anybody ever been in that place before? She's in this place of, of confusion because they are my only son 
is dead. And the mother understands that now I'm looking at my son in his box and I know that the story is already written. There's nothing that I could do that she could have done. You have, anybody ever been there before? You, you get to the place where it just seems like you've done all that you can do. Let me help you understand something, that where you end is where God begins. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. God does not need your help. He needs your trust. Why do you think the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him? He said, and I'm going to direct your path. You know, you got, you, got too many, you got too many Christian folks riding around with this bumper stickers on the back of their car talking about Jesus is my, my co-pilot. Well, that's the problem. You don't need to be nowhere by the driver's seat. You need to get on out and let them drive. Get you a seat in the back of the plane, all the way in the back. Jesus is my co-pilot, so that means that you're making yourself equal to God. Let me, let, let, me, let me stick to my message. There was nothing that she could do. Her son had already went through the, the, the custom of, of, you know, that's why they call it awake these days because you had to stay, you had to be dead for three days. You know, and they stood watching, they stood around watching to see if you would wake up. You, you know, and so there was already past this time, there was past that custom, and she understood that the third day has already passed, and my son is dead. It was a clear indication that they were completely dead and not coming back. Why do you think Jesus had to stay in the grave for three days? Somebody going to get it. He wanted people to know that he was dead for real. But this is where Jesus encounters the grieving mother in the process of returning her only son back to the earth. But I want to tell, I want to say this again. God is not bound by the laws of, of, of this earth. God is not bound by death. God is not bound by the, by the areas that we put him in. Listen, God says, not only do I want to step into your situation, but God says, I want to rearrange everything. God says, I want to flip it all. Come on, be seated, be seated. He understood. Number two, bring me to my second point. He understood that the script was final. Jesus knew that because he was witnessing a funeral, that per custom, the young man was completely dead with no sign of hope or life. And Jesus knew that according to what man understood, it was all over. But in my mind, Jesus already had the pen and his paper ready. Have you ever been in a situation that you thought your life was just too hard? Some of us have been in a place where we are okay with whatever way the wind blows. There is no driving us because we are okay with just being okay. We are all right with just being all right. But I want to remind you that Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I want to encourage somebody today and let you know that the wind is not your end. That God is getting ready to flip the script in your life.
Look at somebody and tell them God is getting ready. But the real question is, are you ready? The text tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. This compassion that Jesus had for the woman led him to tell her, don't weep. Don't weep. Now, it was in that moment that Jesus walked up to the book of this young man's life. He opened it up. He picked up the eraser and he began to flip the script. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all stay with me. He began to erase some things. The text says that Jesus walked up to the casket. He placed his hand on it and spoke to the young man and told him to get up. The Bible says he that was dead got up and spoke. Now, I don't know how Jesus was able to talk to a dead man and how a dead man can get up and speak. But what you need to understand is that God said, I will do what I want to do and I will do it how I want to do and when I want to do. It was in that moment that Jesus picked up the eraser and began to erase those final moments of sorrow. He began to erase those final moments of heartbreak. And he began to erase those final moments of heartache. What am I trying to tell you today? I'm trying to let you know that the world might tell you that it's over. But I want to let you know that it's not over until God says it's over. Why? The thing that was dead came to life again. Because the author has the authority to save who he wants, to write in what he wants, to erase what he wants to erase. Let me encourage you and let you know that God is getting ready to blow your mind. God is getting ready to flip some dead things that was in your life. Now listen, let me help you understand something that you might have to have a few cuts and bruises along the way. You might have some failures and some letdowns. You might have to go through some heartaches and some heartbreaks. You might have to lose some riches that this world has to offer. But I want you to be encouraged because God is getting ready. God is getting ready to turn that thing around. God is getting ready. You may say, well, what, what about all the times? What about all the stuff that I missed out on? What about all the things all, all the things I've already had to experience? Listen, Joel 2 and 25 says that God said that he would restore all the years. He's going to restore it. Look at somebody and tell them God is getting ready. Come on, be seated. See, you got to stop stressing about the story. The characters in the story have no control over the story. Now, now I've been in a few uh, stage plays where they give you a book about this big. And not only do you have to know your lines, you have to know the lines of the other people that you're communicating with. And so I couldn't have just walked in the... the, the, the um, the author of the play had already done, wrote that thing out from beginning to end. I couldn't go in there with my ideas and say, well, listen, why don't you remove this line and this paragraph and let's add in this. And, you know, I, I did it one time. The director looked at me and said, who's this play for, me or you? 
I said, you, I said, you, you write the check, you the boss. But we do, we do that with God sometimes. We do that with God. We, 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 we see the direction that our life is going, and instead of us just trusting God, we start trying to figure God out. Don't you understand that God said that my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways are above your ways? You can't comprehend the fullness of who God is. That's why he said to trust me. I wish somebody would just throw your hands in the air tonight and just say, Lord, I trust you. Come on, tell the Lord, Lord, I trust you, God. See, sometimes, sometimes you got to learn to worship in advance and give God the glory. Sometimes we get so caught up in the test that we can't see the testimony. We get so caught up in the sickness that we don't see the healing. We get so caught up in condemnation that we can't see the deliverer. But I've come here this evening to tell you that you've got to remove your mouth and remove your hands off of the trial and let God's hands and leave his mouth on it. The devil thought he had you. He thought by now you'd give up and he didn't know that the hands of God was on your life and God turned your mourning into dancing and he's going to turn your sorrows into joy. You better know, you better know that God has so much more for you in store. But the reason why, the reason why God doesn't do some things in our life because our level of expectancy is not there. You know, why is it that we can believe, Pastor Tim? We can believe for somebody else, but we can't believe for our own selves. I, 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 told, I told our church uh, not long ago, if you can't even pray for yourself, please don't pray for me. I don't know what you're transferring to me. And you got to be careful who when you, you, you got to be careful who you tell all your business to. Because they tell you I'm going to pray for you, but they didn't, they didn't tell you that it was P-R-E-Y instead of P-R-A-Y. Before you even leave, everybody know your business. But listen, you better know how to talk to the Lord. I know, I, listen, I know y'all love your pastor. But listen, let me tell you, he can't save you. There are some places, it's all right. There are some places in prayer that God only wants you to go. Why do you think the Bible talks about the secret place? God doesn't, and the reason why you can't be elevated is because you're too busy trying to bring everybody into your secret place that God said, I want to meet with just you and just you alone. You've got to know, you've got to learn how to get yourself into the prayer room all by yourself. I was going to give this illustration this morning, but time ran away from it. But don't, don't you understand that, that every time you pray for someone, you are, ele- you are positioning yourself to elevate somebody else? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Why do you think... That when we kneel down before the Lord, they call it knee bent and body bent. Knee bowed and body bent. Every time you kneel down, you have just taken on the form of a step. And every time, and listen, the step is not for you. 
The step is for those that are behind you. Now, you got to understand this. You got to understand this. You start praying for your loved ones and you start praying for people that's on your job and you start praying for your neighbors. Listen, you're going to have to take some bumps and bruises. You're going to have to take some you're going to have to take some letdowns because every time when I think about it, every time I step on a step, I'm putting all my weight on it. Why do you think prayer, when you're talking about prayer, is such a heavy burden? It's because there's so many people that's behind you that's counted on you in prayer. But listen, let me help you understand this. Let me tell you, let me me show you this, that every time God elevates you into the spirit realm, that you, you got to leave something behind. Every elevation, there has to be a separation. And so I I, want to get back onto the pulpit right here. But in order for me to get there, I have to make a step in the direction. I can't be so comfortable standing on the floor, but yet want to stand on the pulpit at the same time. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so I can't say, well, God, I know you want to elevate me, but I'm comfortable here. So I'm just going to put one foot up here. But at the end of the day, you still left something behind. We've got to learn how to get back into that place of prayer and step on and listen and say, listen, sometimes the only thing that's keeping you is the prayers of those that have went on before you. Some of some of us, some of us, the reason why we're sitting here today cleaned up and clothing our right mind is because we had a grandmother or a grandfather that prayed for us and that labored in prayer and said, Lord, I'm not leaving this place until you touch me. Lord, I'm not leaving this place until you turn this thing around. You got to learn how to speak from a place of faith. And know that God is getting ready to flip some things around in your life. Listen, this is one thing that God uh, gave to me. Uh, uh, I remember as I was sitting down uh, trying to trying to figure some things out. And God began to show me different things that was happening in the spirit of people that were not giving up. People that were not bowing down to this end time world. Would you know who the author and the finisher of your faith is you don't have to worry because it's not your story to write it's not your responsibility to write the story it's just your responsibility to trust that the author knows what he is doing see drive loss tried to sway me pay cuts attempted to break me lost loved ones almost discouraged me The haters couldn't stand me. False witness couldn't say enough about me. Doubt tried to stop me. Situations tried to block me. But when you look around and you think things over, you can say all of my good days. (laughs) I weigh my bad days. So I'm making a declaration that I'm not going to complain because God is getting ready. You need, you got to learn how to stop tripping about some of the script. And let God start flipping all of the script. Psalms 37 and 23 through 24, it tells us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. 
Though he fall, God shall cast him away. God shall leave him there. Is that what God does? He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So what does that tell me? What does that tell us, first lady? What does that tell us? That tells us that, when, that so when, when things are good, your steps are ordered. When things are bad, your steps are ordered. When you feel like you're on the mountaintop, your steps are ordered. When you feel like you're down in the valley low, your steps are still ordered. You've got to know how to look that devil in the face and tell the devil that as long as I got breath in my body and as long as my lungs inhale and exhale, that I'm going to trust God to flip the script in my life. Come on, just throw your hands in the air right now. Just Come on, just thank God for what he's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your steps, your steps are ordered by the Lord. Even when you fall, your steps are ordered by the Lord. See, see, I can hold my daughter's hand. You know what? Well, they both think they're grown now, you know, so they want to hold their daddy's hand unless they're holding my hand long enough to get the debit card. But I can, I, uh, come on, fathers, y'all give me a little help in here. See, I can, I can hold their hands, and even though I'm holding their hands, there still come times when they stumbled and fell. I didn't leave them there or turn my back on them and say, you should, have been, you should have been watching where you was going. Get yourself up. No, what I did is I reached down and I picked them up and I put them back on their feet. And so they may have been shaking a little bit, but they knew as long as I'm holding on to daddy's hand, even if I fall, I know he's going to pick me back up. I want to tell you tonight, brothers and sisters, that just because you fall, it doesn't mean that's the end of your story. Every time you fall, you need to get back up. Every time you fail, you need to get back up. Every time they lie on you, you need to get back up. Every time they scandalize you, you need to get back up. Look at somebody and tell them, get up. Because the Bible says that if you're a righteous, if you are a good man, you'll get back up. See, you got to stop complaining and asking God to move your enemy. You know why? Because your enemy's got to be present when God flips the script. You, you, say, you say, well, what you mean by that? Listen, we go back to the book of Psalms and David said, David said, thou preparest a table before me. In the absence of my enemies? David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so that lets me know that you've got to stop praying and asking God to remove all your enemies. You've got to stop praying and asking God to remove all your obstacles and praise God in the place that you are. But preacher, but preacher, you don't know what they called me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't even know me like that. 
Well, good, I don't need to know you like that either. I'm glad I don't know you like God does. See, God touches, but I punch. Just making sure, just making sure y'all were still awake out there. Try Jesus, not me. I ain't got no problem laying these hands. But. You got to know that God knows more about you, the actor, I'm sorry, the character, than you know about yourself, the actor. Let me say that one more time. God knows more about you, the character, than you know about yourself, the actor. You don't, people say, well, I, that's just me. That's just what I do. You no, know, you don't know yourself. You, you didn't create yourself. You didn't get here by yourself. When, and people use, that as a, people use it as a means to be ugly to you, pastor. Well, that's just how I talk. Well, that's just how I throw hands. I'm starting to lose some of y'all. Let me, let me bring this back here. But the reason why, the reason why, listen, let me help you understand something. The reason why some of us struggle in our life for God, the reason why some of us struggle moving to that next dimension with God, the reason why some of us struggle believing that God can still flip the script is because we're too used to having, we too, or should I say it like this, we're too busy having weekend flings with God. I, I, I just, I, I just want to come to church and, you know, g- you give me what I want and I'm out of here. God, is, God never was into weekend flings. You, 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 better, you better learn how to have a real relationship with God. You better learn how to get yourself into the presence of God and say, whether you bless me, I'm still going to be here. Whether you turn this thing around, I'm still going to be here. You got to stop hiding behind the pains of yesterday. Stop living in the disappointments of today because I'm going to tell you that no amount of wealth or fame can change what has happened in your life. You can't pick up the phone and call that family member that passed on and ask them for advice. But what you can do is understand that Jesus is always on the main line. You need to call him up and tell him what it is that you want. I wonder if there's about two or three people who would call his name tonight. I wonder if there's anybody that would shout his name tonight. You gotta, you gotta get out of that old rut. Of thinking that your story is finished right where you are. Because if I understand the word, the word tells us that we go from glory to glory. We go from strength to strength. God, listen, you might feel like you're on the best chapter of your life, but God still can flip that thing all upside down. You might feel like you're in the worst chapter of your life, but God can still flip the script and turn the things around. See, 
You got, you got to put, you, listen, this is what you got to do. You got to put the pen down and start letting God write the script. Stop trying to write your own life out. Listen, and I'm not saying that you can't make plans for the future and all this other stuff, but you better make sure that the ink is being supplied from on high. But what you ought to do is know when you understand that God is still large and in charge. He's still high and sitting on his throne. And you, you, you know, you know I, I, tell, I tell our church this all the time, that there's a different type of swag that comes over you when you know that, you ride, that you, all of heaven is riding with you. <laughs> you, you, you know, listen, I, I've given this example, this example one time. You know, when you're going to work, you're going to work. Nobody spend time trying to make sure they look good in their work clothes unless you're extra, extra. Some of y'all laugh. It might be one of y'all. But if somebody call you up and say, hey, we're going to the steakhouse tonight. Put, put on something nice. Listen, I'm telling you, you're going to be in that closet. You're going to be, oh, no, not this one. Okay, so this will look good with them shoes. And them shoes will go good with this belt. And so, and so if you do like my wife, should I do, wear my hair down? Should I curl it? Should I wear it up? I said, listen, listen, who are you trying to impress? Let's just go. The only person that you ought to be trying to impress is the one that you've been married to for 15 years. Let's go. But what happens is, but what happens is, when you, when, if you put on jeans and, a, and jeans and a T-shirt, you know, it's like, all right, cool, we good. You know, you ain't really worried about it. Oh, but if you go to the back of the closet, yeah, oh yeah, y'all know where I'm going with this. And you pull out that good outfit. You, you, know, you know, the kind that's reserved only for, for special occasions. You take that off, you take it out the closet and you put that thing on. Listen, you, you pass by a mirror and just. And look, it don't, it, don't, it don't even matter. It don't even matter what nobody else got to say. It don't matter if nobody else uh, uh, appreciates the time and effort you put into that outfit. Listen, you walk into the, you walk into the restaurant, and even if they're going to sit you by the kitchen, you're still walking in cool. You're walking in cool. There's a different type of swagger that comes over you. And so don't you realize that when the Bible tells us to put on Christ. Ha-ha. <laughs> It tells us, it tells you to put on Christ. And so that means that if you are putting on Christ and Christ already said that greater work shall you do than I did, then guess what? There ought to be a different type of swagger that comes over you when knowing that you are a child of the king. But watch this. Watch this. The reason why sometimes you can't appreciate being a child of the king is because you're too busy giving God drive-through service when he wants you to sit down and wine and dine him. I don't know about you, but when I go through a fast food joint, listen, I'm going to give I'm going to give my I'm going to give my order to that to the at the speaker. You know the first one is always broken, so they tell you to move forward. At the, my level, of, and, and especially if you're going to the double arches, you know the machine, the ice machine is going to be, bro- ice cream machine is going to be broken. So you don't even waste your time trying to order nothing. 
And so your level of expectancy is already here. It's already low. I'm not expecting much. You, you know, listen, I know my fries going to be halfway cold, you know. The lady at the window, she just there working because her mama told her to get out the house and go get a job. And she don't care whether you're a returning customer, a first-time customer, or a happy customer. She wants you out of the window, sir. Can you pull up because my time is still going on? Ma'am, your time ain't got nothing to do with me. I would like my food, please. But when you go to, when you go to a steakhouse, you're already going with a certain level of expectancy. When you get to the steakhouse, you expect the floors to be clean. The only thing that you want to smell in there is steak. When, when you sit down at your table, you, wanna, you want a clean table. You, you, you know, you want to be able to sit down and enjoy your meal. Because listen, listen, I may not be, and you tell yourself, I may not be here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. And so you already got that in your mind that when I get there, I know what I, I already know what I'm expecting. But when, but we give that type of service to God. We give God drive-through service when God says, "Listen, I want I want to sit down with you. I want I, I want to communicate with you. I want I want to listen. Don't you realize that when you have a relationship with God, before God writes something in the script, God gonna pass it by you." You say, what you mean? Didn't God go to Abraham before he, uh, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? You got to understand. You got to understand that God, the Bible says that God reveals all things to the righteous. And so, and so when you understand those things, you realize that your life is not your own. Your life is not your own. But sometimes you got to get yourself into a place of praise. I told the church this morning that prayer, there's a difference between prayer and, uh, and praise. See, prayer is talking to God. But praise is bragging on God. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the difference. I, I, I told the story of my, my little girl when she was, uh, when she was small. Um, I, I was sitting down minding my business on my iPad, you know, sitting on the recliner. And I could, I could, I could hear <coughs> And so I turn around and I look, and she's struggling with the with the jar of peanut butter. And so and so and so what I did like a good father, I pretended like I didn't see because I was sitting uncomfortable. I was sitting there, I was sitting there comfortable, and uh and, and I could see her on the side of my eyes. I could I could see what she was doing. And so finally she, she got frustrated, she put it on the counter. She looked at me and and huffed again, and I, I, I ain't move, I ain't move a lick. I didn't. You, you know how your children don't need something until you sit down and you're comfortable? I, oh, I got some help over here in the VIP section. But what, happens, what happened was when she opened her mouth and communicated with me, she said, Daddy, can you help me open this peanut butter? In that moment, it didn't matter how tired I was. It didn't matter how comfortable I was. My baby needed me, and I had to come to her rescue. And so I opened that thing with just, you know, just, I, I, I should have just told her to bring it to me, but I, I got up and I went to it, and I just, one, one swoop, I just, you know, and I handed it back to her. 
And she said, thank you, Daddy. And she looks up at me like this, and she says, Daddy, you so strong. So, you, so you, know, I, you, you know, that kind of made me feel some kind of way, you know. I started, I kind of stuck my chest out a little bit and walked around the kitchen, you know. You know, let me, let me open the cabinet and see if I still got it, you know. Let me, see, let me see if I can still open the fridge. Yep, I still got it. So I started, I, so I took on the mindset, she just finished bragging on me. So now I want, now I, I, I like that. I, I like to hear, I like to hear a brag on me. So now I, I'm starting to walk around and trying to see what else I can do for her. Y'all know I'm going somewhere with this. So what am, I, what am I trying to tell you tonight? I'm trying to tell you that prayer is good. You need to talk to God. You need to let God know what's going on. Make your, your prayer and your petitions made known to God. Oh, but there's something different about when you start bragging on God. There's something different that happens in the atmosphere when you begin to say, God, you are God and you're God all by yourself. Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the ending and you're everything in between. That's when God starts walking around and tries to find another way to bless you. Why you think we sing the song, even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. Listen, you got to start bragging on God. God loves to hear you communicate, but God also loves to hear you tell him how strong he is. God loves to hear you. He loves to hear you say, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. So I know I don't have to beg for bread. You are Jehovah Rapha, Lord. You are my healer. My stripes are for your, your stripes are for my healing. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are the Lord. You are my peace, and my peace passes all understanding. You are Jehovah Nisi. Lord, you are my victory, and you will be victorious. You are Jehovah Ra. Lord, you are my shepherd. There is nothing. That you will want for. There's nothing more that we should desire than what than to want to dwell in the presence of the Lord. Because when you find yourself in the presence of God, God has got to do what He said He's gonna do. Don't you know that's the way you hold God accountable to His word? You can hold God accountable to His word. By you being obedient to the word. That's why the Bible says, God said, try me and see if I won't. Try me. God says, test me, prove me, and see if I won't do it if you do this. God always works on if and then. Every, all throughout the Bible, it's always an if you, then God will. Hebrews 13 and 8 tells us that God is the same yesterday. Today and forevermore. If he did it back then, then he can do it again. If he flipped the script from Moses and the children of Israel and made a freeway through the waters, then he can do it for you. If he's flipped the script for Daniel 
and shut the mouths of the lions roaring and the lion tongue, then he can do it for you. If he flipped the script for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then God can do it for you. Matter of fact, you might go through the fire of this life, but God tells you that you won't come out smelling like smoke. If he flip, listen, if he flipped the script for your mama, if he flipped the script for your daddy, then God can do it for you. You got to stop making excuses about why your story is the way it is. And so people shouldn't just see the pain in your story, but they should also see the beauty of God's glory. God isn't interested in a fairy tale story of your life, but what he is interested in is a heart that understands that I need him. A life that says I can't live without him. See, our destination, I'm just about done. Our destination was death hell and the grave but when he stepped into time i'm telling you brothers and sisters god had you on his mind he said i've come that you might have life and not just have life but have it more abundantly he took the keys to the devil's house and and he flipped that thing upside down on him and so instead of death he brought life instead of sickness he brought health instead of mourning he brought gladness god said i didn't bring you this far just to leave you here When God steps in and flips the script, everything has got to change. When God arises, his enemies have got to be scattered. That's why the Bible says that there's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But you see, pastor, sometimes what we do, we forget that the Bible says no weapons formed against you. The weapons have got to form. But he's saying that they're not going to prosper. You've got to get it into your mind and you've got to get it in your heart that you can't claim ownership of the outcome of a situation in your life. Because when you claim ownership of what you're going through, then guess what? God is not, not going to co-author. The Bible says he is the author and finisher. God says, I don't need a co-writer. I don't need a co-pilot. I just need for you to trust me and put the script in my hand and let me do with it what I want to do with it. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if you would ever let God's deal be God's bill. What would happen? Listen, I know I'm a li- I, I know I know my, my kids, my kids are a little bit different when I we go into the store. We started doing this a couple years ago because they would drive us crazy. In the store, Daddy, can I have this? No. Mama, can I have this? No. Daddy, can I have this? No. Mama, can I have this? Go talk to your daddy. No. So we got tired of doing that. And so every time we went in the store, we said, okay, you got $20 to spend, and you got $20 to spend. Once your $20, now, now you need to make sure that you keep a leave a little room for taxes. Oh, yeah, got to teach them young. Let them know what the value of a dollar bill is. And so you, and so my, my oldest, my oldest, you know, her love language is gifts. That girl, you know, she'd be like, don't, dad, dad, dad don't, make it, don't make things weird. You know, that's what she'll always like to tell me. But, uh, but my, my youngest, she'll be in the store and she'll be like, okay, if I buy one of them and one of them, how much is that going to be? 
Because what she's doing, she's, she, she's, she's, um, she's weighing out the cost. My oldest, she, she's every bit of a teenager right now. I'm telling you, she's every bit of it. She has more hair products than me and her mama put together. And then one of the ministers in my church is now a supplier. He, I call her, him her dealer. But, but, but they, they, they're cautious about, you can be seated. They're cautious about spending that money when it's theirs. But when, but when I tell them, hey, save your money, daddy gonna, daddy gonna, 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 gonna cover it today. Save, save your money. They walk around that store powerful. They ain't worrying about taxes. They ain't worrying, they ain't worrying about it. They go over. Boy, I, I feel some help from some of the parents in here. Since I, I, I feel the help back there, I feel it. They don't care. Because they know, and listen, there was that one time I'm telling you, both of them had disappeared, and, and I called them and said, listen, we, me and your mama are going to the register, let's go. I'm telling you, I didn't think it was possible to be carrying that much stuff in their hands. And I said, wait, I th thought I told y'all $20. And so my youngest, she's real good. She'll, she'll drop her head and says, okay, I'll go put something back. But the father in me says, go ahead, put it on the couch. You, you, you know, that wasn't even, you weren't even deserving of this. I wasn't, I didn't even promise you that. But because, but because I, I, I want to give good things. I, I told my oldest, I said, listen, don't you understand that, 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 that there's so much that I want to do for you? I said, if, if, you, if you do this and you do that, I said, you, you won't even have to ask for things. I just, I'm just going to do it for you just because. And don't y'all understand that that's the same way that God works. I wish I had some more time. L listen, we all carry baggage. We all got some kind of baggage. And I don't care, wives, if, you, if your husband tell you you're perfect, I'm going to go ahead and tell you in the, in the presence of the Lord, he lying. Why, uh, husbands, if your wife's telling you that you're the, that you're the strongest, you're the strongest human being on two legs, she lying. Because God didn't, God didn't make us perfect. But what happens is, is that when you position yourself, and we understand that we all come with baggage, and we stand before God. God says, God looks and says, wait, I only wanted your heart. Why are you bringing me brokenness? Why are you bringing me defeat? Why are you bringing me depression? Why are you bringing me the feeling of not being good enough? Why are you bringing me an alcoholic? Why are you bringing me somebody that's strung out on drugs? God says, I know you didn't have what it took to pay for it. But I want you to take it all. I want you to take everything, all of it. 
And I want you to go ahead and put it on the, on the register because I'm paying for it all. God said, matter of fact, my card is already on file. Every time you come to an altar, every time you find yourself a place of prayer, God said, my card is already on file. I've paid for it all. I don't need, I don't need you to take of your resources and pay for this. God says, I've already done it for you. But you've got to trust. You've got to trust the process. And know that God is flipping the script. Every time you bring him brokenness, he's giving you restoration. Every time you bring him letdowns, he's giving you elevations. Every time you bring him, every time you bring him a confused mind, God is regulating it. Why do you think the Bible says, the Bible talks about that God renews your strength. He, he, God renews your mind, meaning he's making it new all over again. And that tells me, listen, listen, that tells me that God would, God never wants the stuff that you're going through. He never wants it on clearance. He wants it full price. God never wants you to bring him half of it. God doesn't even want to wait until you put the things in your life on half price. God says, I want to pay full price for it. You know why? Because when you pay full price for something, sometimes it gives you a different level of respect for it. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight, but there are some things in your life that you have been struggling with, some things that you have said, God, I don't even know if I can go another day. I come here tonight to tell you that God wants to flip that script. When the world, when the world told you no, God says, uh-uh. My word is yea and amen. When the world sees brokenness, God sees complete. Don't you understand that God specializes in broken things? Listen, have you ever seen a, a, one of those mosaic uh, glass figures they take a whole bunch of broken pieces and they strategically place some around a sculpture and all those broken pieces was turned into something beautiful somebody in here tonight somebody in here tonight you're broken you feel defeated Satan has stole your joy but I want to remind you that God is still God, even in confusion. Even when you don't understand that God is still God in confusion. With every head bowed, eyes closed. The Shekinah glory has stepped into this room. God is looking for somebody to just completely give themselves away to him. God is looking for somebody to 
to say, Lord, it's me. I'm standing in the need of prayer. God is looking for someone. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I'm longing to see your desire revealed in me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away. Give myself away so you. Is there anybody tonight that say, I'm ready for God to move some things in my life? I'm ready for God to flip the script in my life. I want you to move from where you are. I want you to move quickly. The waters are stirred right now. The waters are stirred. And I want you to come to this front and I want you to lift your hands and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I want you to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Right now, I don't want you to pray for anybody else. I want you to pray for yourself right now. I want you to begin to call on the name of the Lord. Begin to give yourself away to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hey. I belong myself away so you can use me. Give oh. Lord, I give myself away. I'm not holding anything back, oh God. Give myself away. And I need you, God. Give myself away. The next part says this. My life is not my own. No, to you I belong. I Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.